welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll teach you how you self-blackmail. I'll also be interviewing author Todd Kane, who reviews his book, Hide and Seek. This book teaches you that your choices are often shaped by fearful experiences from the past. He reminds you that there is no truth in fear. For more information about Todd, please visit IamToddKane.com. You may also purchase his book on Amazon or in the previous guest products in both stores at either JamesMillerLifeology.com or Lifeology.tv. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturday at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio, as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology, or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. If you're anything like me, you love to read. Lifeology and Audible.com have partnered to offer you an incredible opportunity. Audible is offering you one free book download with a free 30-day trial. This is perfect for those of you who love to read but often don't have time to enjoy your favorite pastime. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to start your free trial. They have over 180,000 books from all genres, so I'm pretty confident your favorite author's books will be there. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible and start listening to your favorite book today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to get started today. Self-blackmail. I love to watch suspenseful movies that are often filled with espionage or intrigue. And in those movies, you'll often find that someone is being blackmailed. Somebody has done something that was illegal or immoral, and someone else found out about it. And so they would blackmail this person by saying, if you don't give me a certain amount of money, or if you don't do this certain thing, I am going to tell the world what you've done. And of course, the person who's committed the crime or done something immoral doesn't want anybody else to know. They'll often do what the blackmailer requests of them. When we watch those types of movies, we often think, well, I would just go to the police, or I would do this, or I would do that. But the truth is, we experience blackmail pretty much every day. When you reflect on things you've done in the past that you're probably not too proud of, more than likely, you don't tell anybody. And those situations can influence our self-esteem, or our self-worth, or even what our future would look like. Unfortunately, those past situations then have power over us, because it limits what we can and cannot do. You'll often find there's a disconnect between how we present to certain people and how we really are when no one else is around. And yes, there's a time and place to act a certain way, but if you find that past experiences or even current experiences are influencing you from becoming an optimal version of yourself, then it's important to let those experiences go. Think of your life like a jigsaw puzzle. A jigsaw puzzle has multiple pieces, and sometimes when you put the puzzle pieces together, you think, well, where does this piece go? This doesn't make sense. But the truth is, every single piece links together to create the picture of what that puzzle is about. Some of the puzzle pieces are vibrant with color. 
or they're in the forefront of what that picture looks like. And then other pieces are maybe dark, just supporting pieces that help create the structure of what that puzzle looks like. So think of those events like that. We all have done many things in our life that we're not proud of. And the truth is, we'll probably do more of those things. But when you reset and remind yourself, the choices I make right this second can be healthier, can be more productive. And when you learn to forgive yourself for things you've done, you don't allow those past situations to influence your value or your worth. So as you reflect on your life right now, and you think of those situations from your past, think of them like that jigsaw puzzle. Every situation you've had in your life has added up to be the person you are today. When you can take an objective viewpoint of yourself, you're probably pretty amazing. Yes, we all have our flaws and areas of self-development, but today you're a kind person, you're a loyal person, you're a generous person, you are an attractive person. So the situations in the past have allowed you to become who you are today. And when you take that objective viewpoint of yourself, you'll realize that those past situations that influenced you for so long no longer have the power over you. When you have a thought that comes up that says, oh, I could never be this or I could never be that, take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, is that linked with one of those previous situations? And if it is, then you want to ask yourself, what's the truth in that? Is it 100% true that I made a poor decision back then? Okay, maybe you did. But the next decision wasn't a poor decision. It was a healthier decision. And you started to pull yourself out of those choices you made. And so when you reflect on that today, you're not the same person you were before. Don't allow life situations to give you a label. You are not the lonely person. You are not the cheater. You are not the bankrupt person. You are not the sick person. You are not the divorced person. You are you. But if you allow those past situations to influence you and blackmail you to say, oh, I could never tell anybody this, or I could never let go of this from my past, you will not be able to reach your highest destiny. So I find this to be a very exciting lesson. When you look at your life like a jigsaw puzzle, you realize that each one of those pieces link together to become you. And you are a wonderful, amazing person. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. However, I want to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So go to jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv and sign up for the free weekly recap. Each week, I will send you an email which has all the latest radio episodes, YouTube episodes, magazine articles, and self-help products specifically for you. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv and sign up for the free weekly recap. For nearly 50 years, Todd Kane played a complex and exhausting game of hide and seek with the truth. This father, veteran, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and now author hid past experiences and his sexuality for reasons he couldn't fully explain until now. In his new book, Hide and Seek, Todd takes us into hidden places to discover truth and expose fear for the fraud it is. He teaches us that there is no truth in fear. Welcome to my show, Todd. Hi, James. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is going to be an awesome show. I'm really looking forward to it. Now, for nearly 50 years, wow, that is a long time. You don't look like that at all. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, I try not to smile. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it. <laughs> well, thanks for being a guest on my show today. When you originally reached out to me, I was looking through your information and I thought, my gosh, this is going to be a really relevant show because so many of us, regardless of what life has happened, often we live if, live a facade. We live uh, a persona that often isn't true for us. Would you be willing to share with us what you experienced? Yeah, of course. Uh, my pleasure. And again, thank you for having me. 
Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you talk about a facade. Um, you know, I, I hid my sexuality and mm-hmm. a lot of life experiences from a child uh, from as long as I can remember. And I think at the end of the day, you wake up one day and you realize, wow, you've lived a life uh, lacking in integrity. Um, you feel like an imposter. Uh, and it's, 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 hard to, it's hard to reconcile that. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I'd, uh, it's been about a year. I came off a relationship that, that really wasn't working for both of us. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of us can relate with that. Mm-hmm. And then you take, a, you take a look in the mirror and you say, wow, okay, where am I? Who am I? And what am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what do I want? And really, it just came back down to the truth. Um, you know, when you're living that life, uh, when you're hiding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times you hide in darker places or yeah. places out of the public eye or away from loving sources like your family and friends and even your spirituality. And that really comes back to just the whole aspect of integrity. You know, if, if you are showing integrity and, and you live a life of, of authenticity, or we think we do, then when we do take that moment of reflection and we look at the duplicity, in other words, the, the multiple facets of our life, we're like, wait a minute, that doesn't all fit together. Exactly right. And I think that's one part of the, well, integrity has a couple pieces to it, right? It's about being honest with yourself and others. And then there's also that other piece that we don't think about, the, the piece of being whole mm-hmm. and not fragmented. And when you are living that life, lacking integrity, you, you're, you're not really the same person everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, who you are, who you think you are, and who others perceive you to be can, for many people, be an entirely different person. Yeah. And when you take that chance to look in the mirror and you see that, it can be scary, but it also can be life-changing, transformative even. What do you think that some of the reasons why people just hide their truth? What do you think that re- those reasons are? Well, I think, well, look at now, we, we kind of live in a culture of fear and, and sometimes it's greater than others. And, and, and then you also have this little bit of society where it's, you know, you win or you lose, mm-hmm. it's on or it's off. You like me, you don't like me. It's good or bad. It's very binary. And, and then you get this kind of bragging and this uh, over achievement and this overreaction, it goes into bullying. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you know, you, you make a mistake or you show a weakness or you show some vulnerability and you're punished for it really by humor and sarcasm. And the next thing you know, you just start to be quiet. You start to be smaller. You yeah. stop showing up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even from a, from a very practical standpoint, and there's nothing wrong with this, but even from social media as well, you know, I, I've, I saw this, this uh, meme or in other words, this, this little, these pictures that showed the, the touched up version <laughs> of, of a picture. And then the, the original unedited, uncropped <laughs> photo. Yes. And it's like, wait a minute, we just, piecemeal this one little piece and made that great. But when you pull back and look at the big picture, it's like, that is not as glamorous as you thought. And so exactly. I think just from a very funny standpoint, but, then, you know, um, but then also what you're saying is more the serious part, but I think society just teaches us in general that what is in front of us needs to be better. I, I saw that too. It was kind of funny. I'm like, wow, I could use that app. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like we live our life with an app. We, we dress ourselves up. We, we, uh, we polish ourselves up. We always want to put our best self forward. But at the end of the day, what's behind that makeup? What's mm-hmm. behind that suit? What's behind that persona? Even our personality at work can be different from what happens at home. And, and that brings up the idea, uh, the issue of incongruency. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're not the same person everywhere, when you're all things to all people, James, you're really nobody to yourself. Yeah. And, and you really can't sustain that either. There's only so much you can have before you crash and burn. Oh, the amount of energy it takes uh, to be an imposter, the amount of energy it takes to spin all these plates, all these lies, all these untruths, you know, all these facades, it is exhausting. And before you know, you wake up tired, unfulfilled. And it, wow, we can just do better. 
Yeah. What, what was one of the things that happened for you that said, you know what? I want something more. I want something different in my life. I want something healthier. I think that's a better way to say it, healthier, because we all, we all can do things, but it doesn't mean they're healthy for us. I totally agree with you. Um, well, I, I came out at 32. Mm-hmm. I was married and uh, two children, and, and, and I, I chose that. You know, we all choose. I grew up in the 80s. Um, when uh, AIDS just came out and it hit. And mm-hmm. if you remember, don't drink them drinking fountains mm-hmm. and don't touch door handles and don't speak to people, that. this and that. And, and all that bullying and all that fear, I thought, well, you know what? I'm, I'm glad I like women too. And so mm-hmm. I made that choice. And I mm-hmm. followed that and fell in love with this woman and, and had a life and, and raised kids. But at the end of the day, there's this piece of me that was unrealized and, yeah. and unresolved, right? And, and untested. And, and I chose to do that. And I chose to stay with my family and I chose to, to work and stay a father. Yes, it was, it was difficult, but I didn't really come all the way out. Mm-hmm. I didn't really articulate my truth. I mean, I, I don't really pretend if you were to say, if you look at somebody, say, oh, well, he's kind of feminine or he's whatever. We both have masculine and feminine qualities, mm-hmm. but to that's look at me. anyway, to just even say that, but yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's the way I grew up. And that was kind of programmed into me as I grew and got more comfortable I still had those little secrets. And yeah. then I started getting into relationships. And if you're not your true self, if you're not really articulating what you want or being yourself, that affects everything, that affects your relationship. And time and time again, I would fail. Well, this last failure was really uh, eye-opening to me. And I just felt like I wanted more. I could mm-hmm. do better. And, and how much better would I be as a father and as a friend and as a lover and as a husband uh, as, as anything yeah. if I started to live my truth? And that starts with not just thinking about it or just feeling about it, but actually articulating, writing down, what do I want? What do I look like my best self in this family? What do I look like my best self in this job? And I really like that as well. Well, first off, thank you so much for your vulnerability. I really appreciate that. But I really like just even hearing you say, writing those things down. If I could piggyback a little bit, a little bit on that as well, is there's also separating between what I need and what I want. We often use those words interchangeably and they're not the same. If I say I need this in a relationship or I need this in a job, but it's really more of kind of like a bells and whistles in a car, I don't really need it. I want it. And so when you can really extrapolate that and separate that of saying my needs are the foundation of who I am, the wants come after my needs are met. But when people don't have that moment of clarity to say, wait a minute, I'm putting all those together, they'll find that they will piecemeal different areas of their life or they'll find that they do show up in different ways because it's not really at the foundation or core of what they need. Perfect. I, I completely agree. And to even add to that, you know, we, we kind of speak on how we feel mm-hmm. and our feelings are tied to our relationships and our past experiences. So are they really true? Are we just reacting? Are we being triggered by something? Is it really what we want? Have we taken the time to do the work to resolve some of these things and find out who we are and how we came to be? Because once we get there, once we get to that truth, that core truth, then we can start to develop really what we want. In the English dictionary, the word belief, the opposite of that is actually truth. And so when you think about that from a grammatical standpoint, if I say, I believe that you are doing this to me, or I know you're doing this to me, that's actually an untruth because the belief itself comes from a limited standpoint. When you have more information and have all the information, that is truth. But when we have our perspective and we have our past experiences influencing us, that's a belief. And according to English dictionary, the belief is not fully true. So that's just something for people to really look at as well. When you continue to really look at your life, understand that what you believe the world is doing to you, or maybe they are doing to you, or what you believe or who you believe you are, doesn't mean that's fully fleshed out. And so that's when kind of what you said earlier, when you take that time of reflection, when you take that time of really looking at what's healthy for you and what's not healthy for you, 
that's when you truly will find your truth. I'm so glad you brought that up because you know, we, we talk a lot about faith and fear in my retreats and in my online courses because, um, you know, people say I have faith in you or I have faith in that. It's really mm -hmm. trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, faith is, is in the unknown. Faith is in the unprovable. And I think we mix that. Even when you go into the dictionary, you talk about it kind of brings it into ideology. It's mm -hmm. just something that man can understand. And that's really not the essence of faith. Yeah. So when we talk about faith, you can say, I trust you based on my life experience. I trust you based on what you did last time. But is it really faith in you? Yeah, that's a really that's a really good distinction. I, I think that is true because when you, if you don't have that trust, you know, you use a word that that's makes the most sense. It does allow for people to say, okay, then maybe I can put down a little bit more of my walls, or maybe I can can really engage in this conversation in a more authentic way. Yeah. What I also like to think, in fact, I've done, a, I've done a couple of shows on this, is I talk about faith and fear. They ask us to do the same thing. They ask us to believe in something that may or may not come true. And so when we come from a perspective of this is my choice. I choose to have faith or I choose to believe that something is going to change in my life. Or I come from a place of anxiety, which is fear-based and says, oh my gosh, if I were to, to tell anybody this or do this, then all of a sudden I'm, you know, this is going to happen. And so the reality is we don't know which side it's, which side of the coin is going to be, is going to show up. But we, when we approach any situation, it's our choice and self-responsibility to determine, are we going to go with faith or are we going to go with fear? It's like you read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. Because it's, it's so funny when you say that you say faith allows you to believe in something that hasn't happened or, yeah. or provable. Well, so does fear. Yeah. You exactly. know, and it's kind of like our language. It's really a choice. Mm -hmm. we, we talk about the power of words. You know, words matter so much. And if you go on the one side, if you go on the fear side, it's I can't. Mm -hmm. I won't. It's disempowering. I don't. And I'm not. If you just move to the other side of faith, I can, I will, I do. I am. And the two most powerful words, I believe, in the English language or in any language is I am. It yes. really is a, a statement. It's an ownership. And that's why the website is I am Todd Kane, because I want you to say I am James Miller. I want you to say I'm Tom Smith. I want you to say I'm Karen Jones, whatever it is, because then you own it and that responsibility and accountability. Yeah. And then you fill in the blank with what that means. Yes. And by living your truth. Let's jump over into your book, Hide and Seek. So tell us the, the premise of that book. Well, part of waking up at age 50, on my 50th birthday, actually, mm -hmm. uh, to, to a life of, of, uh, of untruths, mm -hmm. and, and, and not, a lot of it isn't necessarily intentional. We do things uh, subconsciously. We do things because that's what we know how to do, and there's a lot of that talk. You know, We did what we knew how to do. They did what they know how to do, and, and that's some comforting in some ways, but I did what I knew how to do, and I grew up. Uh, in a really rough environment. I grew up in a dysfunctional family, if there is such thing as a functional family. Mm -hmm. You know, still a lot of love, a lot of great things, but there are certain things that happen uh, in, that happened in my life and in other people's lives that affect who we are. They kind of shape the way we react and respond to things. And we do so without even knowing. You know, some of the things that happened to me very young when, when I was developing my personality and, and a lot of the, the ways I've built my life, the foundation of, of my psyche, I guess. Um, instilled a lot of fear in me, um, fear of failing, fear of abandonment. Uh, and yeah, I just, it just compounded. And, and what I, when I started to look back on my life, I realized, wow, these are lessons that everybody can learn. Sure. Not only was it therapeutic for me, but when I started thinking about living your truth, I thought, how do I live my truth unless I share it? Mm -hmm. And That's not just to dump it. Yeah. And not just to dump it out there, but to really put it out there and thought provoking. And I, you know, I think we've, I think we had a little conversation before we started about, um, about how this came about. And 
I just realized that I needed to share this. Mm-hmm. I needed to share it and as a foundation for why I started this, this movement, why I started uh, coaching and, and doing retreats and that type of thing, and, and to even do the book. So. That's amazing. And now, is this more of a memoir or is it more of a self-help book? How would you describe it? It's a little bit of both mm-hmm. because I take the time to, to come back in and really make connections on how, how my personality was developed and how it can relate to other people. I don't speak for someone else. Sure. You know, your truth is your truth mm-hmm. and your perception is your reality. But what I want to do is stand there authentic, authentically you know, in my truth and share my experiences and share how they've related to my life from a very unique perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been an entrepreneur. I'm a veteran. I'm a father. Um, I'm a philanthropist um, and now an author. And I've, I lived a good 30 years of my life as a heterosexual man with, with children and, and, and living that lifestyle, one foot there and one foot in the other. And then when I decided to make the choice to come out and live this truth, it was really a crash course and, mm-hmm. uh, and culture, yeah. you know, and, and to, to, to feel and to hear and experience the life I had lived from the other side was very eye-opening. It also reinforced a lot of fears. How I hear that as well is once we accept our new truth, then there's a whole nother level of fears. There's a whole nother level of lessons that we get to learn. And so we, the same lessons we learned in the previous set of fears, we get to same, take that same baseline and say, okay, I've overcome the other fears in the past, I can overcome this. So I think anytime we level up to become more authentic, the fears shift to something else, but they're still there. So it's this constant struggle that we have, or excuse me, the constant um, opportunity for us to struggle if we're not aware that if we've done it before, if we've overcome it before, we can overcome it again. And so it is important that each one of us are always vigilant that we will have blind spots because blind spots happen. Situations happen. We're just not, we have perhaps have never experienced it before, but all of a sudden, if we don't stop and reflect and find that time of meditation or find that time of of introspection, we won't realize that we might start to veer back into the same emotional patterns or same thought patterns that we had before, should we not take that time to really catch it before it becomes, um, before it manifests in our life. Exactly. And you know, and our thoughts and our feelings are so intertwined these days. And, mm-hmm. uh, and if we're not careful, they become our words and then our words become our actions. Yes. You know, truth has no sexual orientation, no mm-hmm. ethnicity, no age. I mean, the truth is simply the truth. And I think that's what the beautiful thing is about this book and about this whole movement is that we really are more similar than we are dissimilar. Mm -hmm. And in this time of fear, in this time of doubt, whatever is, whether it's external or internally, to take the time and to show up authentically in all relationships, in all situations, you know, bringing all your gifts and talents Mm -hmm. is, is a very empowerful, empowering thing. And then you, once you do it, it's, it's hard to go back, which is a beautiful thing. You just get past that fear. And, And most of the time, I think James, we find that we've created these monsters in our mind. You know, we've, we've projected onto these other people and other these relationships and really it is, it is us and it comes down to us. And that's why mm-hmm. you start with, I am. Yes. And you know what? It's okay to say, I am afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we even fear fear. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> well, that's even speaking the truth. I'm afraid of this. You know, I'm afraid of that. And that, that's okay. Like you said, that's okay because that is true because in this moment you are. So when you, when you can shed light on something, then all of a sudden, that information is in front of you and say, all right, what do I do with that then? If I'm afraid and I don't want to feel afraid, let me come from a proactive standpoint of saying, okay, what are my options then? Or, and if I can't find my options, what would my best friend tell me? Or what would, you know, this, this self-help person tell me? So when you can kind of come from a place of there's always an answer, you just have to find it. It is more empowering. So I am afraid, but I am also going to find the answer to this. And so I think there's yeah. always two parts to that. If we're experiencing something we don't want to experience there, you can always follow it up with another sentence 
of, but I will overcome this. I will find my answer. I will be this new version of myself. That's, yeah, well said, exactly. And I, you, know, you talked about friends. That, that kind of comes down to relationships. And, and that's really what life is all about, the relationships that we have with people and how we interact and, and how we come together. And, and a lot of times, if you're not being truthful, you, know, you might have a relationship with a friend that you can't go to. You, because you're not sharing that with, I, I think one of the things that I, that was really blatantly obvious to me is that I didn't have a lot of friends. Mm. I didn't want male friends close enough to me so that I might lower my guard. I might drop my wrist or my voice might fluctuate. I might, mm. who knows in, in joking. I mean, sure. I didn't want to be in a situation where I could be exposed so that I missed that level of friendship. I missed that, those relationships. And so I became an island. And, you know, and then that's, that's no fun. Yeah. It's very isolating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. Well, unfortunately, Todd, our time is up. Thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on my show. If my listeners like to find out more information about you to be at some of your retreats, to work with you, to purchase this book, hide and seek, where would they find all this information online? You can go to IamToddKane.com. It's all there. Excellent. Well, once again, Todd, thank you so much. I really do appreciate your time today. Thank you, James. It's been my pleasure. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.